some of them, she's a very old friend of mine. I mean, she's not old, but I know her, <laughs> not old friend. I know her a long time. Um, and sometimes when she's in an airport, it's the only time she has to call. We have WhatsApp, so <laughs> she could call. And she was in the airport in Estonia, <laughs> and she called me and she wanted to know how Camille was doing. Because we heard for the first time Camille Thurman, she plays tenor and she sings perfect pitch, fabulous artist. Uh, together, we were together at Dizzy's Club. We heard her, and after she played, she gave Dee Dee had a, like a foot in a cast, and she said, oh, I'll drive you home. And Dee Dee told her, if anybody makes you uncomfortable or you have a problem, Maxine and I, she never asked me this, she, she said, we've got your back. And so um, Camille, I said, Dee Dee said it, it's true. So I'm going on Monday to Frankfurt because Camille Thurman's playing with the uh, German Radio Orchestra just to see how she's doing and, you know, but then, I mean, it, but this is what I like to do, you know, with my life, so. Yeah. It's honestly, it's incredible. And in fact, you were the road manager yeah. for many, many years. Yeah. And I think someone who helped possibly, and you'll tell me if I'm wrong, had your back or someone yeah. you worked very closely with, Shirley Scott. Who was a great friend of yours. In fact, your next book, which is the second set after this, we will be celebrating the four women in your next book, which is called Jazz Quartet. Yeah. And Shirley Scott, and Shirley, we produced one of her albums, mm -hmm. but she was a very dear friend of yours, wasn't she? What was that like on the road? Life on the road with musicians like that? Well, she was my very good friend. And in, like you said in the next book, I never wrote about her except on the liner notes for one for me, which was reissued in England by, I call him Gilles, but you call him Giles Peterson. Giles Peterson, Gilles. he's Swiss. It's Gilles, <laughs> Giles Peterson, who uh, reissued the Shirley Scott album one for me and asked me to write the liner notes, which developed into, the liner notes became sound like an essay and then became part of a book proposal. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, kind of, how you call that when snowballed, you know? I mean, the idea got bigger and bigger, and then I got a fellowship, and I went to Menere. My friends are here from Menere. And then now I'm going to uh, next year. I have another fellowship to finish the book. But Shirley um, and I, we, I mean, we had a lot of fun on the road because we were friends. And it was not easy. She played the organ, and you know, we, she had to have these big speakers. They called Leslie's, and you know, I saw what it was like. She only took one vacation ever in her entire career in life. We went together to Mallorca and spent up all her money. And you know, she, and, you know, and then she died young. So, you know, I've been thinking about her life, but also um, in interviews when they would try to ask her how difficult it was, she would never think, she, she felt like it was lucky, her life, to be a musician and to be able to play and travel. And, you know, I mean, when I look closely <laughs> at her life, she had five children, you know, this, it was not easy. I didn't know she had five children. But she, her, mother, her mother in Philadelphia and her father, she bought a house, they lived there with her parents, and she, you know, come off the road and, you know, but how difficult was it? But if you ask her, 
she'd talk about how great it was to play. And when she played on, on festivals, the concert, Count Basie came, B.B. King came, they liked, you know what I mean? This was like for her, so thrilling, you know? Because Count Basie played organ, and which I'm sure you know, but you know, he loved Shirley. So I got to be there and see Count Basie listening to Shirley. So. I mean, the musicians you must have heard. I've, I've heard I a mean, lot. Good grief. Yeah, it must have been incredible. It, you know, that's the benefit of being a road manager. <laughs> you get to hear a lot of music, so. Yeah, no, it's quite incredible. And I have to say, and I know we said this before, um, you know, fans of Dexter always ask you questions, and, and really the answer should be when you read the book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but for anyone who hasn't read the book, yeah. and we haven't got time to explore hugely here, is there anything particular that you think people should know about Dexter that they don't know? Um, he was an avid reader. Uh, he wrote poetry. He read books. We lived in Mexico, and one of the jokes is that we had these um, canvas... Um, Double bags, remember them? You know, <laughs> and I had he had red, no, and I had turquoise, or was it turquoise? Or well, there were two, and they were different. I guess red was his, because his nickname was Society Red. Uh -huh. Anyway, when when we would get back from Mexico, because we lived half the year and come back, we would buy books that we wouldn't read, but that we were going to read when we went to Mexico, because when we lived there, we couldn't get you know, books in English. And so we, and we, the joke was that I said he was trash, but it's not trash. It's just he liked thrillers, certain writers, but he was a completist, so he'd read everything by a writer. <coughs> and um, so when I met him, we were both reading a <coughs> James Baldwin, The Fire Next Time, because he had the same habit I had where you read a book you've read before and a new book. And then I've added what I call trash, but it's not trash. Uh, British mysteries. Oh, British um, mysteries. Yes, oh. they're not trash. They're so great. <laughs> Posey Parker, I'm totally obsessed with now. Anybody else read Posey Parker? No, see? It's a detective series, and she's between the wars. So it's like this history for me, and, and also describes like the places I've never been. And, I, and one of the books, and I, I, I messaged, I put this on Facebook the other day, um, I messaged you a little while ago and said, I'm finally reading The Ginger Man, which is the book that Dexter took with him everywhere. And you messaged me back, and do you remember what, I, what you said in the message? Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yeah, I brag. Uh, Angela Davis gave me her copy. Yeah, that was, that was one of the great moments in life. Yeah. Tell me, how did that happen? How did she give you a copy of that book? Because she, when I had the book tour, you know, 65,000 miles, I wrote a book. It did get popular, even though it's a jazz biography. And I went on book tour, and it was, I kept track of the mileage, so I know it's 65,000. And one of them was at the Monterey Jazz Festival, and Angela Davis was the person that interviewed me about the book, which was like some something that you would think you made it up and it didn't really happen, and then you're sitting there with Angela Davis. And um, she had a copy of The Ginger Man, which Dexter knew by heart. <coughs> and she said, oh, I read in your book that it was his favorite, so I have to, I bought it and read it, you know, and then she gave me her copy. I was like, 
so thrilling, right? Yeah, absolutely incredible. <laughs> and then I was invited to some another event in uh, September at Yale that she's, you know. So I, I guess I'm moving big circles you now. Did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you kind of did. Something. You're pretty good. <laughs> well, okay. I'm here with you, so that's pretty um, good. Honestly, I'm so glad you are. I I love you we could talk are. about that. You know, I love you to bits. <laughs> Um, but I'm aware of time, and we could genuinely, you could sit here and we would chat for hours. So let's see, has anyone got any questions for Maxine? I've got, I've got one. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite jazz albums is Homecoming, recorded live at the Village Vanguard, which came out as a double album. And about 1974? No, it's 1976. <laughs> liking but when he decided to come back and he had the gig at the Vanguard and then the president of Columbia Records heard him and he sounded the label and he had that band which was actually Lewis Hayes's band and he kind of handed it over to Dexter for until he got his own band and they recorded it was like you know, he, it was like what I said about, you know, at maybe, you know, the book tour or something. He was like, did I dream this? You know, I came back and I'm in the vanguard where he wanted to be. And I have this great band and it's packed. And, you know, Charles Mingus came and everybody came to hear him and see him lying down the block. And they had put up a sign, sold out. And he was like, those are my favorite two words. <laughs> <laughs> and people waited because the thing about Dexter was um, he could play a really long set. So, you know, they would say, I think then it would be, they'd ask you to play for like an hour and 10 minutes and take a break, you know, you'd play like two and a half hours. So, and so uh, the club owner, Max Gordon said, you know, people are waiting and they're around the corner and they probably leave. And I was like, well, you tell him. And he was like, no, I'm not telling him. <laughs> so, and nobody left, they stayed. And it was a huge um, success, and he was totally um, happy in in a way that. But it was about the music. It was that he could play with this group that was so great, and that they knew every tune he wanted to play. And you know, it was like, okay, I made the right decision. I'm back. Yeah. Well, it was, it was yeah. You could tell from the album, right? Absolutely. Well, Cedar Walton was. No. Was it? Was it not? Cedar? No, it's, it's oh, Ronnie Matthews. Ronnie Matthews. Woody Shaw. Ronnie Matthews. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Lewis Hayes. Lewis Hayes. <laughs> Stafford James. Stafford James. Woody Shaw. Yeah. Woody Shaw. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I had the great pleasure 
not long after that because he came over and he did a residency at Ronnie Scott. Right. And uh, I was very privileged to go to that gig and shake his hand. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Ronnie Scott was the reason Dexter came to Europe. They well, were very close. He, absolutely, he, yeah. he, the fan, Dexter always would do his Ronnie Scott yeah. imitations. I can't do what he said. Would you fancy <laughs> coming to London? And Dexter said, oh, I would. <laughs> and so he said, come for two weeks. And then Dexter said, you know, I went for two weeks and stayed 14 years. <laughs> but he always uh, gave credit to Ronnie for that. And Pete King, yeah. you know, they were, they were so great to him. They were great to me, too, and, you know, the fans worked there. One more question, I'm afraid, then we have some more music. Has anyone got a, a question? <laughs> oh, there's a hand up. What's your question? Maxine, will you tell everybody about Tell everybody about the about round, uh, about um, round midnight and the reissue of the film. Yes, the reissue of Round Midnight. A friend a very good friend of mine who knows all about film. Okay, who saw who was in Minerve? Everybody know where Menerve is in Provence? No, let me tell you that if you have a chance ever in life to go to Menerve in Provence, in France, go there because they have the Luberon, the, the mountains, and it's like you, you know, you had a dream about going to some paradise and then that was the place. I went for two months. Um, I had a fellowship there. And then I went back this year because there was a screening of the film Round Midnight, and then uh, questions, and then a concert, because there's a reissue of the film on Blu-ray. And that means that they redid the, not only the film, I mean, they it's called Enhanced, right? Okay. Yeah, it's rest restored and they remastered the sound and they digitized it. Right. Yeah. Plus, there's other things on the Blu-ray, I'm on it, and there's also a, a film called, Befo is it called Before, Before Midnight? Yeah. A French film on the making of the film, which is on the Blu-ray, and there's uh, other people talking about the film, and Michael Cuscuna and I have our little act. But um, it, was, it was so great to see the film again, and then people asked really good questions in French. But the Bertrand Tavernier, the director, died in February, and so there's a lot of homage to Bertrand, who was a very important and famous and great director. And uh, so Tony asked me, oh, did you write about the movie in the book? And I was like, oh, yeah. It's a big uh -huh. chapter in the book about the movie because uh, that changed Dexter's life, you know, because he was nominated for an Oscar as Best Leading Actor. Should have won. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a tenor player. Should have won. All the tenor should've players won. think he should have won. <laughs> Paul Newman won, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who won? Paul Newman. But uh, he did win the David di Donatello, which is the Italian Oscar. So in Italy, he had to have bodyguards because in Italy, people said, was that you playing in the movie? 
because they, they didn't know he, it was a tenor player playing the, the, the actor. And you know, they love actors in Italy, so he became quite uh, the movie star. Okay, we're gonna have to end our question there for some more music. Um, can we have a round of applause? <laughs> The musicians, what? How great is everybody? Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Maxine. And I say, at the end, Maxine will be around. They'll be signing some books. We do also have some flowers for you, Maxine. Maxine, chase you. Maxine, turn around. <laughs> well, we have you. Thank you.